I think one of the things that we have to remember just in, in our life's journey is that opportunities come to us every day and not to be afraid of some of those opportunities and just said, you know what? I feel good about this. It's a risk, mm -hmm. but I'm going to step forward and see what happens. on average read 60 books per year. Many attribute their professional successes to this persistent quest for new wisdom and innovative excellence. MentorBox makes it easy for you to develop that same high-achieving habit of lifelong learning. As a person of action, you know that true ingenuity is the result of deep, deep knowledge, and just by listening to this podcast, you are working toward your goals every single day. If you're ready to wholly embrace this mindset, this 1% better every day, then check in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes. And if you want to dive deeper into the teachings of our guests, become a member at MentorBox.com today. There, we'll be uploading a course from today's guest, Mike Zeller. Mike is CEO, that's Chief Experience Officer, and Chief Unicorn of Elevate United. Elevate is a digital marketing agency that handles the A to Z steps of branding and marketing. To MentorBox, Mike is a longtime friend who introduced us to some of our top guests and speakers. He has been networking at the highest echelon through mastermind groups for years now, and this is what we focus on in our talk. I dig into where and why he got his start with masterminds, and he gives some great advice for getting into these exclusive groups as well as how to get the most value from them. Enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to the MentorBox podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lay, content coordinator, and today I am in the studio with Mike Zeller. Mike just did a couple of really cool lessons for us uh, on sales funnels and also on the importance of masterminds. Mike, great lessons. Thank you so much for being here with us. Dude, excited. and was a lot of fun. You guys uh, pulled a lot of great content out of me, and uh, it's always great connecting with with awesome people doing great things. So. Of course, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about today in particular, because <laughs> like I said, you taught us about masterminds. Um, you're involved in a number of cool masterminds yourself, and you've started your own. Um, you mentioned Lewis Howes today, who, who uh, we've worked with, of course, and you're a member of his mastermind. I want to know where you first got your introduction to masterminds, to the concept of what a mastermind is, and maybe you know when, you, when it was that you first joined one, and, and what was that initial experience of yours? Yeah, great question. When I first moved to Nashville, I was like uh, 25 years old. And okay. frankly, I think I was initially waiting tables at a restaurant. Then I joined a mortgage company and I had had a graduate degree, but I was, you know, just figuring out where, who I am and what I'm going to create in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I joined a free mastermind. And free mastermind. Uh, yeah, I, I was only part of it for like maybe three three months because it, it eventually disintegrated like a lot of yeah. a lot of low commitment things tend to to disintegrate um but then my first high level one which is maybe where you want to know which is more exciting let's be honest uh was a tony robbins platinum partner okay and that did over two actually over three years i spent 1447 hours with tony robbins wow 
And so I got immersed in his world and his mindset and his experience. And that's, that's why I joined it. I wanted to level up my mindset. I wanted to level up my peer group. I wanted to level up who I brought to the world because mm-hmm. I knew I was capable of so much more. And, uh, man, it was really incredibly hard. Yeah, I can imagine. Because it's like his, his seminars are like, you know, 12 hour days, 16 yeah. hour days for like five days, you know, it's not, not for the faint of heart, but it, um, <laughs> it's a high energy guy. Yeah. It just keeps yeah. Going I mean, stuff. you're walking on fire, you're dancing around, yeah, you're yeah. like barely eating. And plus, you know, your business at the, that time, you have to let some elements of it slide, but you, uh, shift so many powerful ways by mm-hmm. being in proximity with so many great people and the experience, of course. I am curious as to what happened in between, you know, that sort of low-level freebie mastermind and the high-level one. Of course, you know, Tony yeah. Robbins is the exciting story there. Yeah. But how did you sort of make that jump? Because it sounds like you were really maybe not like outside of the realm of, you know, self-development and and all the things that those folks teach, but you you weren't, you know, working within the realm by any means. Mm-hmm. You were, you know, if you were just waiting tables, that sort of thing. So what what was in that journey that got you to Tony Robbins? Because that's a, there's a lot yeah. of space in there. Yeah, totally. Actually, while while I was waiting tables in, down in Nashville at P.F. Chang's of all places, <laughs> um, a buddy of mine gave me um, some CDs of Tony Robbins oh, wow. to listen to called Get the Edge. And I was also working uh, full-time at a mortgage company during the day and then the restaurant at night. And, and I started listening to him. And I was like, you know what? I, I got to do a Tony Robbins event someday. Mm-hmm. It took me about 10 years almost to actually go to a live event. Um, but in the meantime, several years into the mortgage side, I figured out I was really more gifted as a, as a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. I joined uh, a real estate company and had my first six-figure year when I was like 27, 28, and then just never looked back, kept growing. Um, but I've, I've always, since I was 19, um, I went to like a success seminar back, uh, you know, that Peter Lowe put on and, and went to some other seminars that Brian Tracy put on. And I learned like, man, you've got to surround yourself with great mentors and great coaches if you want to accelerate your success and minimize your failure. So it's accelerate success, minimize failure. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I was constantly a student and constantly putting myself in proximity, but I never never really I see. did it at that level mm-hmm. where I was at part of a high level mastermind until Tony Robbins when okay. I was like 33, I think. Wow. Okay. That's so. an interesting story. We talked earlier over lunch about, uh, I guess it started with a little bit Alex's, uh, CEO Alex's methodology of laser beams, I guess, yeah, which yeah. is how he refers to um, a lot of what we do. And we have mastermind groups, whether it's, you know, a live Zoom call, it's one of his uh, you know, in-person events in San Francisco or LA at Ty mm-hmm. Lopez's place. Um, it's like laser beams. We're, we're all an individual laser beam attacking the same, you know, like Death Star or the same issue. And, and we have to come together. And as a group, it's a very complex, you know, hard to solve thing. But two heads are better than one. Mm-hmm. Many heads, many lasers are better than one. And I'm, you've, you've told me some stories about how you've been involved with some tech companies and some cutting edge, you know, innovative people, um, as of late. And you've, you know, helped to help to start companies that are looking to work in the AR, VR, AI space. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if masterminds were your intro to this sort of thing. Cause again, there's, there's a big leap between, you know, what you were doing a while back when you were 25 and, and where you are now. 
And was it masterminds that really kind of brought you to the fore of innovation and technology? Was this something that you encountered on the journey somewhere? Great, great question, Tyler. Yeah. So another mastermind I joined uh, several years back was called A360, which is Peter DeMondis' mastermind. Okay. And, you know, he's all about the tech. He's all about AI, blockchain, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the forefront of of innovation. And that's why I I first heard of Peter through a Tony Robbins Mm -hmm. Platinum Partner event. And Peter spoke and it was amazing. I was enthralled with it, right? And I was like, I got to learn more about that because that's the future. And that's the forefront of innovation. Mm -hmm. So I, I eventually joined Peter's A360 and was part of that for several years and eventually, actually, one of the companies I'm a CMO for right now, part-time CMO for, founding CMO, it's, I met the founder at, at that event. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's my first venture that will go towards venture capital and everything, too. And um, so I was exposed to it there. And then when I met my buddy Jeremy Green, the founder of Mojit, and he was uh, the founder of Ping, Ping Tang, and he was actually signed by Pitbulls, a recording artist, and number <laughs> really? one MySpace artist at one point. I met him in Nashville and he was somehow something fell apart with him and some of his investors at Ping Tang. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to rebuild something else. And he showed me some of the AI stuff that he was working Mm -hmm. on. And it was, it was ironically, it was Beyonce dancing and popping out of a, like she would pop out of the phone screen almost. Hmm. And I was like blown away. I'd never seen anything like that. And I'm like, he's like, Hey, this is something I'm working on. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to find a way to help this guy out. <laughs> and even though I barely knew him and I was like, he, he looks he a bit like Eminem. Yeah. He looks like Eminem. Wow. Yeah. And he carries himself like him. He's, his nickname is the Eminem of the tech world. And, <laughs> wow. and so, um, so I was his first investor for that venture and, and it's been fun to see him grow. And now he's got a documentary call, coming out called the relentless experience. So, oh, wow. I think one of the things that we have to remember just in in our life's journey is that opportunities come to us every day Mm -hmm. and, and not to be afraid of some of those opportunities. And, and, and I just said, you know what? I feel good about this. It's a risk, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to step forward and see what happens. And, it's a risk that I, you know, was tolerable to me, um, investing in Jeremy and, and his venture. And, and now I'm exposed to a whole nother world. I mean, heck, Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, is on our board. Oh, wow. And, and that's kind of a cool thing to oh, you know, share, right? <laughs> and um, so you just never know. And I, I think you have to look at life, look at the opportunities that are before you. And if you're pursuing it with gratitude mm-hmm. and openness... Um, it's, it's like that movie. Yes, man. Have you seen? Yes, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, that movie actually changed my life really? it, because I started <laughs> saying yes to more stuff and Jim now, Carrey movie. yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but eventually it. you have to start saying no to stuff, which I'm learning too, but of course. Um, yeah. So anyway, so you mentioned you have a grad degree. Mm-hmm. What, what did you study? So my undergrad was in business and philosophy and I was one okay. class short of a minor in psychology and also German. Um, but my graduate degree is, was an MA, a master of arts in Christian leadership, which is sort of like an MBA with a theology twist. Okay. So um, you don't go into the financials and much, but you go into more of the theology of like leadership and stuff like that. Okay. Does, does this generally translate to a life? you know, working in religious services of any sort in the church. Yeah. Yeah. My path at that point, what I felt like 
was to be in ministry to, yeah. you know, a big part of my passion is just helping people uh, love each other more, helping people um, discover their God-given purpose and their mm-hmm. destiny. But wh- actually my last semester in seminary, I was sitting down with a minister at my home church in Kentucky, Southland Christian, and, and the minister that was my mentor at that point, mm-hmm. it, during that conversation, I realized that my place in the world was to be in the marketplace, mm-hmm. to be a force for good and in a positive light in the marketplace. And I could, I could do things in the marketplace that I wouldn't have been able to do if I was part of a nonprofit or ministry and be a little bit bolder and oh for sure yeah so (laughs) sounds like you already have yeah 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 exactly so how exactly do you carry that you know that educational background the lessons that you learn there whether it's you know the theological or the Mm. historical lessons how do you carry those into your your current endeavors and and the positions that you hold Great question. Um, one of our one of my first businesses that I created uh, was with two two guys that I actually mentored while they were in college, or, and 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 we talked about our, one of our core values was business exists first to serve the world and make it a better place, mm-hmm. but secondarily uh, exist uh, or. A profit is secondary but necessary for yeah. sustainability. Yeah. So that was like a core value of ours. Is like in a philosophy that deep within. Uh, I mean, it sounds simple, but if you really embody it and seek to embrace it culturally, of the joy of serving and building that into your business and in your culture, that's probably the number one thing that I look at is that business is here to unleash people's God-given talents and their dreams. So I look at that as, as I'm serving my team and my staff, mm-hmm. I'm constantly like, Hey, you know, we go through a ton of personality tests. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Um, and, and I do that within my mastermind, my rising stars mastermind, where we have a whole module on discovering your genius. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like part of my purpose in life is to the people that I sit across from the people I connect with regularly is to uh, um, help them discover who they are and where they best fit and where they can make the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself pushing back against folks in the big business innovation realm then? Because as you know, I mean, a big corporate is big corporations are kind of getting mm-hmm. attacked because in a lot of cases there are some ethical issues when mm-hmm. companies grow to a certain size and we've seen like Facebook even get out of, out of control mm-hmm. with its advertising and things like that. In in the realm of innovation and, and new tech, things move very, very mm-hmm. quickly. And that often means, as we've seen with other companies like Uber and Airbnb, we've talked to some folks who did research on this, but um, you know, you have to keep up with the Joneses of rapid innovation. And that often means sacrificing a little bit of ethics, a little bit of, you know, world focus for the innovation, for Mm -hmm. the tech to match up and to just like have the funding to continue. Do you ever find yourself on the other end of the table saying, Hey guys, let's slow down, think about what the core purpose is here and yeah, reset. In business, you're, you know, in every, almost every year you need to reframe your, especially in the early days of a company's life. Like if you're less than five years old, mm-hmm. you need to revisit your values, your vision, your purpose, re-clarify pretty much ideally every six months mm-hmm. because there's going to be tweaks and shifts. It's it's like, a, a, you know, the organizational life cycle. It's like, a, a you know, you go from a, a, a newborn to a toddler to a 
uh, teenager to a young adult to a mature adult. Mm-hmm. You know, the mature adults of the world are like Apple, right? They're yeah. Microsoft's, you know, Microsoft at one point was an aging adult. You know, they're <laughs> now they've rebirthed a little bit. Uh, Apple, there's some elements where they're they're past their prime a little bit, oh, even yeah, though they're sure. more profitable. That's really weird to think about. Mm-hmm. Now that you, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very true. And so you look at earlier stage companies, you know, they're in the beginning, the first season is about the fight for survival. Mm-hmm. The second season about is about the fight for growth. And yep. there's a couple of scary moments often in that second season. Then the third season is about just humming on all all cylinders, mm-hmm. like getting all the pieces, the administration. Automating the, and optimizing mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. And then, but then later stages are often about preservation. Mm-hmm. And and when you have preservation as, as a greater focus, you're going to lose innovation. That's why Apple, frankly, is not as innovative as they were. Mm-hmm. Now they're buying innovation by buying yeah. companies. Yeah. They're going to have to reboot some of their innovation and their culture at some point if they want to stay fully ahead of the game because it's it's going to shift um it's i'm a, an apple fan you know and but i see that you know what they they're still producing great products but they're not as bold and innovative as they once were hey i hate to interrupt this conversation with mike zeller but i want to let you know where you can learn more about masterminds we've done a whole number of lessons featuring folks who participate in masterminds including mike himself if you want access to those and much, much more, be sure to become a member at mentorbox.com today. Okay, back to the show. So does this sort of framework direct how you conduct yourself as an entrepreneur and as an mm-hmm. individual? Because you have your hands on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to ever like settle down on one specific thing and really just you know, double down and try to take that into like a large scale company that's really pushing culture and tech and that sort of thing. Yeah. There's, there's some opportunities that I have that are reasonably significant. Um, that if it's, if it's really, really aligned and the offer is right and the terms, right. Mm -hmm. Then I would consider, or if it's the project just takes off like crazy, you know, I've got two core, companies that I'm involved in that could easily be a billion dollar company or more, actually really three, but it's a matter of which one takes off. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at some point, one of them will probably die (laughs) and (laughs) one of them might succeed at at a really high level. And it it just depends. Um, So you're willing to take on that challenge of like, you know, the the seasons that you mm -hmm. just described and eventually getting into that stage of like, how do we stay not really relevant, but how do we stay innovative? innovative You're willing yeah. to kind of take that on in yeah. the long term if it were to happen with you. Yeah. And, but I also look at, uh, you know, there's it just as different organizational life cycles are happening. There's also organizational life cycles that are appropriate for me. Mm-hmm. Like some people are much better at the earlier stage companies. Oh yeah. And that's why you see a lot of like founder CEOs like Steve Jobs or Zuckerberg, you know, in the beginning, they're the CEO. Mm -hmm. Then eventually they step away. Yeah, yeah. And then they bring, they come back in as they mature or whatever, as shifts happen. Mm -hmm. So I think as, for me, as long as I get to innovate and create, uh, I'll be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, If it becomes too much about preservation, I'm going to be bored and frustrated. Do you have a specific creative or innovative goal 
been like the the item or product or service yeah. that you would like to be responsible for? Not necessarily. I mean, you know, one of the projects um, that I'm involved in is a company called Goalcast that we talked about. Yep. Yep. So I've been working with the founders for about six months now and helping them scale, develop their business, um, create health within their company, develop their sales processes. And I'm having a lot of fun with them. Um, and I see tons of potential. So that's a pretty interesting endeavor for me and and it's very aligned with me mm-hmm. very aligned with what you guys are doing oh too. yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. so um then another venture is an incredible health supplement company i'm hugely passionate about health and and everything from you know hormone production and reversing aging elements and and reversing almost any disease so that's a pretty interesting company for me too mm-hmm. but you know, that one, we haven't got the funding all the way in yet. And, sure. and um, so, you know, I'm kind of a little bit on standby with that one, for example. Mm-hmm. So, But you do have, as I said before, your hands somewhere oh, yeah. involved in these things. And yeah. do you consider yourself like visionary in these senses? Or mm-hmm. are you like, do you have any plans as to if these things were to take off, how you would be as an advisor or member of that company to really direct them eventually or are you there to mostly facilitate and enable these things to happen until they get to a certain level you know i, I would say i'm a, definitely a visionary too and i help enhance the vision i work mm-hmm. great with other visionaries yeah, as well to be clear i like you're obviously yeah. a visionary in, yeah, yeah. In the fact that you're involved with yeah, these things yeah. at this forefront of what's going yeah. on but i'm talking about like the real, the real nitty-gritty yeah. when you're getting into you know actual production of things yeah and all that, so yeah if if I don't want to get in, like, as we were talking about earlier, like, one of the things I really go deep in in my mastermind, my Rising Stars mastermind, is knowing your genius. And and my genius is not in getting really deep in the weeds on the minutia and the operations Mm -hmm. and the full-fledged execution. I'm much better as, uh, like, I like to think of myself as a business architect. I come alongside and help design out the business, design out the message, design out marketing campaigns and other things like that, the organizational structure, the leadership structure, and and set the stage for the, the leaders to flourish and what they're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm often a key leader or a key executive, but I don't have really? to be the CEO or whatever. I'm, I'm cool if, if it makes sense, but I'm totally cool if not. You know, I've been yeah. CEO or leader of my own companies for many years, and there's parts of that I enjoy. And, um, but I... I I need to be more in the ideation, visionary direction side than the operation side. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot for myself. And when you when you first mentioned that, you know, like finding your own genius thing, I thought for a second. And because I've, I've made transitions since I used to work in publishing and, yeah. with, you know, people in education, I learned the history of education and the sort of systems around the institution and, of course, you know, literature and textbooks yeah. and that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. I've learned a lot about that. And I always thought that because I had that very acute insider perspective of like speaking to actual professors mm-hmm. every single day, that my ideas would be like how to reform education such that like, you know, students are just more actively mm-hmm. engaged. And this would take a very large scale sort of reform and change. And then when I got to MentorBox, I mean, when I learned about MentorBox, I said, oh, wow, like, 
maybe it's not about working within the institution. Like disruption is a pretty big deal these days. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like who knows if Mentorbox or another similar company really could fully disrupt like, mm-hmm. you know, organized institutional education. And now I realize that I think kind of like what you're saying, I think I'm almost more on the lines of saying, okay, well, I'm not, you know, a tech person. I don't, you know, know how to code and I'm not a software engineer, that sort of thing. And I do really feel like this could be the origin of, mm-hmm. you know, where a lot of this re-education comes from as new programs, new ways of seeing things mm-hmm. um, and consuming information. And in some way, I see myself as more capable of like presenting the vision, kind of mm-hmm. like spokesperson marketing, yeah, yeah. branding, that sort of on that end, not quite at the high level yeah, of business sure. architecture, yeah. but I, it made me think a lot that you just mentioned that, you know, finding your genius and then thinking about how you're involved in the endeavors mm-hmm. that you are. So are these the things that you learn from masterminds is, is how to kind of, you know, think about yourself within the realm of an institution or an organization like that? I've learned those partly because like, so one of my uh, personality test. I'm an INTP on Myers Briggs, which mm-hmm. an INTP um, is like very curious, wants to understand yeah, how yeah. things work and or things like that. And actually, one of the descriptions of INTP is that of an architect. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of, part of how I arrived at that. So I learned about a lot of this. Like initially, I learned about the organizational life cycle from Tony Robbins and his business mastery event. Yeah. And he learned it from a guy named Dr. Ichak Adizis, um, who's written like 30 books, was a professor at UCLA and a bunch of other places. Hmm. And he he's written all he's the foremost authority in the world on organizational life cycles. Okay. And what types of leaders, what types of people you need at each stage, what to be aware of, what you know, all the different obstacles and the opportunities at each stage. You know, what's healthy and what's not healthy, mm-hmm. right? At each stage. Because early stage cash flow issues are going are yeah. normal fight for survival is normal leaders don't attend meetings is normal you know as you mature those things should shift mm-hmm. um so uh, i learned about that there and then i've started weaving that into my own mastermind just to help people think through and understand because if if i understand it's like you know why do parents read uh books about babies and stuff and like raising boys or whatever like they because they want to understand what hey how do i handle a four-year-old boy is this horrifying to to engage in something like that raising a child or starting a business those are both very scary things yeah i mean you look you look at an early stage business right And, and this is the relevance of it you need to think of your business like that of a of a human being sure in the beginning at the beginning of if you have a newborn the founder or the owner i'm sorry the parent <laughs> does not sleep a lot they don't eat a lot yeah. i mean like the the business eats a lot poops a lot the the a parent to take yeah care of. yeah the owner does not sleep much and they don't produce much mm-hmm in the beginning, then that should shift. If if you got a three year old business and still eating stuff like crazy, not producing anything, then you don't have a great business. You need to close that baby down. <laughs> yeah. So close the baby healthy. down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Metaphorically. Yeah, I. That's interesting though, because earlier you mentioned, you know, you have a baby, then you have a toddler, then you have, Mm -hmm. you know, a child and Mm -hmm. an adolescent and then Mm -hmm. even a young adult. Those are all like formative growth Mm -hmm. stages in and of themselves. And you kind of equated those as you did. Ultimately, you know, we get to the Apple and Microsoft stage where it's like, you know, they're trying to keep up with the the level of innovation Mm -hmm. and and how the culture consumes that innovation, which I think is 
yeah. ultimately why things like or companies like Apple almost can't continue to produce yeah. because like Gen Z, the teens are just like so different from even millennials these yeah, days yeah. that it's like, how do you continue to sell your things? But I really like that analogy of just thinking of it as a, you know, a child that you're raising in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that's also, I wouldn't say, you know, treat your, your child as a business, but maybe yeah, yeah. business as a child makes yeah, a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, totally. Um, before we finish up, I want to ask you uh, one significant question that I oh. like to leave all of our listeners with from our guests. What keeps you up at night? You know, there's there's moments in my seasons as an entrepreneur where, um, you know, the finances keep you up. You're like, oh, I got payroll coming up. Like, mm-hmm. it, do I have enough money? What who's who owes me money? Who do I owe money to? Yeah. Um, so those those elements and a young, you know, I'm, I'm part of several young early stage businesses. And there's moments where, you know, the business is in early stage survival mode. And then there's other moments where the business is just humming and everything's optimistic and up and to the right. And then I would say other pieces are like, Op, like really optimizing uh, my own gifts, and and now that I'm married, I just got married a couple months ago, mm-hmm. helping my wife like use her gifts to the best of her ability and creating space for that. Like I want, she's incredibly gifted as a creative writer and oh, wow. composer. Uh, you guys were mentioning like Kobe Bryant uh, yeah. the other day, trying to get him in mentor box. Like <laughs> I, th- I read a sports list. Yeah, I, he's a filmmaker now. I was like, babe, yeah. you need to approach Kobe's team and make some music for him. Like what if you did that? Right. (laughs) It'd be incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, so those things are, are pieces that I look at and then, and, and I'm really starting to shift to, I've made building my own brand, um, and my own thought leadership platform, like priority number eight mm-hmm. for the last couple of years, because I was so focused on this business, so focused on those clients, yeah, like helping yeah. other people build the brand and sales funnels and all that. But now I, I'm stepping into a season of owning that mm-hmm. a lot more and making that more of number one. So it's but there's an, elements of the transition that aren't perfectly smooth and of a little bit awkward. And <laughs> so yeah well we can help you build the brand a little bit here with yeah, mentor box and like uh, if, if you want to go ahead right now and actually give a quick shout out you know to where folks can find you learn yeah. more about you and anything else your mastermind tell him yeah so i'm um, i'm on instagram at michael r zeller my facebook is mike zeller uh for my page and then my you know friendship side whatever <laughs> Friend <laughs> I'm, me on I'm, Facebook. I'm almost out of friends yeah so. um and then uh website mikezeller.com and then uh, mastermind rising stars mastermind.com so uh that's you know all about the mid-20s to early 40s it's it's targeted for for the guys that are still hungry and still climbing and still mm-hmm. are accomplished generous humble and uh incredibly gifted and that's that's who i go for like i nine years ago ironically um i wrote on my positive affirmations list that i mentor and lead some of the brightest and best people in the world mm-hmm. And at that point, I was just a realtor. And I was like, I don't know when this is going to come to fruition. But now it's it's starting to come to fruition. I've got some amazing people I get to um, invest in and see them grow. And and I get to invest deeply in a lot of great companies, too. I don't so, think that's ironic. I think yeah. you, you worked hard. Yeah, you you achieved that. You know, that's, you that's, know, yeah. that's part of the, you know, affirmations yeah. and making them come to fruition, Definitely. of course. So great. Well, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. It's been great shooting the courses with you. Um, everybody else, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. Sounds great.
Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at mentorbox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.